Ambition to me means purpose. It means having dreams for yourself and the world and vision. And it means going after that, not hindered or weighed down by anything or anyone. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In today's episode, we're joined by Harvard Law grad, Silicon Valley alum, New York Times bestselling author, and phenomenal founder, Mina Harris. Oh, and she's also the niece of the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris. Her first children's book, Kamala and Maya's Big Idea, chronicles the inspiring true story of her mother and Aunt Kamala's upbringing. And she's got a second book on the way called Ambitious Girl. She's here to teach us all about ambition and to remind us that it's never too late to choose a new path to explore. All right, ambition. Ange, do you consider yourself an ambitious person? I do. I consider myself a totally ambitious person. I think growing up, my parents moved to the U.S. from India in the 60s, and they were super ambitious. So ambition was always highly regarded and respected in my house. What about you? I agree. I think that when I was little, for some reason, my parents did the thing where they told me I could be anything I wanted to be. And even though we were very middle class, I believed them. And I just decided to set my sights high. I I was even voted most likely to become president and um, and teacher's (laughs) pet in high school. So it was like a double whammy there. Um, that is the least ever... surprising thing you've ever told me. Well, um, <laughs> I know. Sorry. So have you ever been told that you're too ambitious? I haven't told that per se, but I feel like I've felt that. And um, mainly by men, maybe. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. I mean, I think that it has, it's a word with a lot of different connotations over the years. I think sometimes ambition can seem like you're sort of willing to squash people to get to the top or something like that, which is insane, you know, and it's not. It doesn't need to be that way. And it, it typically isn't that way, I'd say, especially for women. I've felt it here and there, but I also think it's something that can be so celebrated. So I'm just like, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, let's get the expert in on this conversation. We are so excited to welcome our friend Mina Harris to the show. Hey, Mina, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Okay, so you have quite the background. Not only are you a lawyer, but you've led strategy at top Silicon Valley startups like Slack and Uber, you spent time at Facebook, you've run communications for political campaigns. Campaigns and and now you're writing children's books. So can we rewind a little bit? How did this all start? Um, if I'm being honest with myself, I was sort of on a very traditional career path. And a lot of it was sort of motivated by checking boxes, <laughs> things that I thought would allow people to see me as successful and would allow me to be successful. And it was at the time that I decided to leave my law firm that I started to really I think, think about how to kind of walk some of that back. (laughs) I've also been sort of in and out of tech my whole life. That's how Britt and I initially met. I think you were at Google. I was at Facebook when we were like children, basically. Totally. Um, (laughs) 
And how many years ago was that? I was like, is that like, 20 years? Uh, 20. Eight, oh my God, don't age 15? me that much. No, 15 uh, years, I think. Let's call it 15. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's still a lot of years ago. <laughs> Decided during that time, right, exploring sort of what I liked and what I didn't like, which I think is an important part of that process. So I decided to do policy work, uh, which is kind of, you know, still in that space, um, but figuring out, right, that I basically didn't want to be um, a traditional lawyer for the rest of my life. And I, I knew that going into law school, but I was still, as I said, kind of on that treadmill, you know, checking those boxes. And it was around the election and when I launched Phenomenal uh, that I think you know, there was this moment, of course, but it was also something that was always in me and something that I sort of had always been doing on the side, which is knowing that I was a creative person, that I was very entrepreneurial um, throughout my whole life. I mean, since childhood, like I've always had a job. <laughs> I've always had like some sort of side hustle. Um, in, in college, I had like seven jobs. I was making and selling earrings. I was, uh, you know, anything you can imagine. I was an RA. I was, you know, I was a, a tutor. I was a babysitter. I mean, everything, right? Um, I was barely going to class, frankly. Um, so I always knew that it was within me, but I had sort of gotten myself on this, you know, kind of traditional path. And, and, and that election, I think, for a lot of people in 2016, really, you know, was a wake-up call. And, um, you know, from a political perspective, I, I had regret, frankly, wondered if I could have done more, if I could have knocked on a few more doors or made more phone calls. And I think a lot of us were asking, you know, what can I do in this moment, right? I have to do something. And I, you know, sort of leaned into that creative side and I had already had the little small t-shirt <laughs> venture that some people will remember. Um, so, you know, I, I took that and something that I was doing creatively and said, you know, why don't we turn this into a, a one-month fundraising campaign for women's organizations? And that led to launching Phenomenal. But even in that moment, I was still at my full-time tech job. It was still something that I was doing on the side, but I found a way to tap into that, right? And in that moment to feel like I was making a difference and to be engaged. And then, you know, it just kept going and growing. And in part, that's because I brought to the table my perspective as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as, you know, a community organizer. So that then sort of opened up the second chapter, which frankly was, I mean, the way I talk about it now is kind of breaking free and like liberating myself from that traditional path and that treadmill that I knew I was on and that I did not want to stay on, but still didn't have that moment or sort of that, you know, opportunity. I think that first chapter was incredibly important for me and, and foundational for me, you know, in terms of skills that I developed and ways that I approach problems and other foundational, you know, skills that I, I bring with me now into this second chapter as an entrepreneur, as a, a CEO and a founder. It feels good to look back on that first chapter and, you know, realize that part of that is betting on yourself and just doing the thing that, that you really want to do. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And to take a step back, can you also explain what Phenomenal is for anyone who might not know? 
yes, there's lots of different ways I can talk about it. I would say that it's a, a female-powered women's brand that raises awareness around issues that affect underrepresented communities. I didn't set out to start a brand. I didn't set out to start a business. I started by just doing something, having that moment to create something and uh, seeing that it was resonating with people and then continuing to create and continuing to build it. You know, we started off with that one little t-shirt and one month fundraising campaign to raise money for women's organizations. And now it's become much, much bigger than that, you know, both on the product side as well as on the, the content side. And as I said, our guiding principle is really around raising awareness, um, amplifying the voices of unrepresented communities. I love that. Obviously, I'm a huge phenomenal fan. I have way too much of your merchandise. You are one of our biggest supporters. Thank it's, you. I'm a big supporter. You obviously just gave us sort of a rundown of these couple of chapters you've had in your life thus far, um, showing that you're a total go-getter, goal-getter, go-getter, all the getters you can be <laughs> to accomplish all of this stuff so far. So what does ambition mean to you? Ambition to me means purpose. It means having dreams for yourself and the world and vision. And it means going after that, not hindered or weighed down by anything or anyone in the way that I look at it. And that's also to say that I think ambition can mean so many different things for different people on different days. I think we as a society have tended to talk about it in the context of you know career and work. But I think that's also because it's in the context of like holding women back <laughs> uh, in their careers and in their work and the ability to succeed as professionals and, and leaders in the world. And that's definitely been part of my journey. I think Britt said this at the beginning that, you know, she was shown and told you can do anything, you can be anything. And I think that that is what it means to you know, raise ambitious kids and to build it in its confidence, right? And when someone in contrast tells you that you're too ambitious or that it can't be done, that is inherently telling somebody that it can't be done. Your ambitions are too big, right? That's never been done before, or that's too big of an idea, or you're not capable of that. And so in the same way for me, I was raised in a family where I don't think it was explicitly taught to me as this is the word ambitious and ambition and here's what it means and right and we're going to teach you about this instead it was you know what I saw every day I had a front row seat to female ambition through my my family I was told that I could do and be anything I was also told that it wasn't going to be easy if that was what I wanted to do and that I would likely encounter challenges and and people telling me that I'm too ambitious or too this or too that uh, and that I would have to hold that self-worth and confidence tight and, and hold on to that and know that that would be guiding me and not what other people were telling me. Another big lesson that my grandmother told often my mom and aunt was, you know, you don't let other people tell you who you are. You tell them who you are. You, you don't let other people tell you what you are capable of, what your ambition can mean and what you can do with that. That is only you who guides that. And I think it's an important reminder because the point is that it is a patriarchal, male-dominated society that is using this word and this concept of female ambition as something to critique us and to hold us back and to, you know, diminish our light, to tear us down, to make us feel that it's something we have to hide or be ashamed of. Um, and not share with pride. And, and the fact is, I mean, it's a double standard, right? We don't talk about ambition in that way. We don't talk about male ambition in that way. Male ambition is just default, something celebrated. You're a leader, right? You're a go-getter. And recognizing that that is um, another form of discrimination and oppression, and we need to reclaim that, right? And, and reclaim that power. For me, 
thinking about that from the perspective of a parent, right? And now raising two daughters, I actually do want to think like, let me teach you this word because <laughs> words mm-hmm. and language have power, right? And again, when certain words are used against women and not in the context of men, right? Like that's important to call out and, you know, to reclaim those words, to reframe them and to, you know, sort of reappropriate them in a way that is is powerful. And so I am really making an emphasis on that to teach my girls what that means and what that means to me and what I hope it means to them. I think that one holds particular power and is one that we need to really, you know, flip the script and and make it positive and start with our kids and start that young to sort of undo and unlearn what society has told us for so long. I think that's really true. The part you said about female ambition and male ambition and, you know, through a lot of our work with Britain Co. and with Self Made, this women's entrepreneurship brand that we've created We've now helped hundreds of women learn how to start businesses. We've helped millions of women learn how to take a chance on themselves, whether it's a creative project or a bigger change in their life. And in my new role as a venture capitalist, I am constantly getting pitches from male entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs. And while both of them might be ambitious, The difference I find is the confidence that backs it up, right? And so I wonder if there is sort of a recipe of ambition plus confidence, (laughs) or do you need to have confidence to have ambition? Because what I often see is that men might believe they can take over the world. Men might believe they can build a billion dollar business, whereas women might put it on the slide and might meagerly tell me like, we hope one day if everything goes right that and we build the right team and we hire the right people that maybe we can do this. And, and it's like the maybes and the, like, but I'm not that good enough, but I'm not sure that we fall into as like a trap. So is that something that you can relate to in your work? So there's a lot to unpack there. I think first, absolutely. Ambition is about having the confidence to achieve and the confidence to go after your ambitions, whatever they may be. I, however, reject the framing that a lack of confidence in this setting is somehow my problem, (laughs) frankly, right? We talked about how we were raised, that we are lifted up by our families. We were told that we could do anything and that, yes, that built up confidence, right? However, when we get into society, the real world, the working world, we are told oh, maybe, maybe you can do that. You mentioned that word, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's what people tell us. You're too ambitious. You can be ambitious, but only a little bit. Mm -hmm. So to me, (laughs) this idea, you know, and I've heard this in various ways, the confidence gap, the dream gap, the, I think that puts too much on the individual. And by the individual, I mean, women and girls without recognizing that that is what society tells us. That is what society as a systemic issue, that is the box and the you know limitations that are placed around us. So what do you expect when you dare to go out into the world and to be ambitious and to claim you're ambitious and, and to go after your dreams? What do you expect when somebody tells you, oh, no, 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 sit down. That's too much. Doesn't exactly. that hurt your confidence? Does not make you think next time around you might not want to share that with somebody because they're going to, you know, put you down, right? Try to cut you down. So I think I just, and I, again, this is something I think about a lot as a parent. I think we have to be really careful about how 
we talk about that and understand that it's not my issue. It is a men's issue. It is a systemic issue. And we have a lot of work to do as people, you know, who are leaders as parents to dismantle that, right? And to understand that it's not an issue with the individual. It is an issue with the system and with society that creates that dynamic. This relates, I'll add, you know, another A word. <laughs> um, and maybe this is also relevant for, you know, the VC context and pitching, which is, you know, aggressive, right? Women are perceived differently in these contexts because, again, you are, that is held against you, right? A, a woman who is said to be aggressive or, you know, intense in a pitch meeting, a guy is, you know, instead viewed as, Again, a go-getter. He's really passionate. You know, this is his life's work. He's really convincing. That's not my issue. That's that's your issue in holding me to a different standard than men. Um, and so, again, I could go down the alphabet, right, of all of these different <laughs> words that are used in that way. And I think we really, really have to be clear about where we solve that problem. Yes, it is in our homes. Yes, it is in our parenting. Yes, it is in our schools. But um, it's really on the adults and the people who hold power um, to do that work. And in the media. Yes. By yes. media, I mean all media, social media, actual media, movies, etc. So I 100% agree. So you have two daughters, so do I. <laughs> yes. And I love, you know, I mean, one of the words that we talk a lot about is encouragement. And I was, de mm -hmm. I was defining it to Anoki. And she said, is it like this? And just did a thumbs up. Is it like when people <laughs> do perfect. this? And I was like, totally. I love that. Yeah. That's like exactly it. But, you know, just I want to hear a little bit more about how women and especially mothers of women and and fathers and all parents and grownups can sort of redefine ambition for themselves. And so not just talking about, you know, in the career sense, but and not just the way that society sort of tells us what ambition is. You know, how would you redefine it? Well, I think a lot of what is guiding for me in my parenting and in my own sort of identity and, you know, thinking about this stuff, it, it is based on what I was taught, which is that ambition is about, you know, living a purpose-driven life. Perhaps it's about being a problem solver, seeing something and deciding, I want to change that. Uh, you know, I want to change the status quo. And people tell you, oh, that's, a, that's an ambitious goal. And you're like, yep, that is. And I believe that I can do something about it. Not to be corny, but I think a lot of these themes come out of my first kid's book too, which is do something, right? And that means that you have the power, you have the capability, the confidence, you know, just do something and, and you can and you should um, go after your your dreams and your, your big ideas. So I think, again, in parenting, it doesn't necessarily have to be the approach that I've taken with my second kid's book, which is defining the word and claiming it. I think it can also be, uh, mm -hmm. again, doing it through example. I think it can be you know, unpacking it with your kids, right? To me, encouragement, that thumbs up, right? Is is saying you can you can do anything and be anything, keep at it, right? If you have an idea and an ambition, I'm gonna encourage you along the way, right? No matter mm -hmm. uh, how hard it may be, no matter if you have missteps or failures, it is also kind of back to what I was saying around just systemic issues that it is important yeah. to call out that reality, right? As I said, when I was growing up, it was, you can do and be anything, but it is not going to be easy. It may feel mm -hmm. like an uphill battle. You will have people get in your way. You will have people tell you that it can't be done. Um, and I think that's also part of what it means to be ambitious, which is, you know, not taking no or not not accepting it can't be done, right? Mm -hmm. 
And and by the way, I mean, it's sort of a self-fulfilling thing. The more people tell you that and somebody accepts it and says, oh, you're right. We've never had a, a female vice president in history. So that that can't be done. Our country's not going to do that. Uh, what if we just accepted that, right? Then that would keep happening. And then more people would be able to say, look, we've never done it. It can't be done. Like, mm-hmm. we can't accept that, right? And so I think ambition is also seeing past the limitations, yes, that people you know, create for you. And there's a line in, in the second, my second book, Ambitious Girl, where the, it's actually the aunt speaking to the little girl saying they can only see what has been. Some people are limited by that and they cannot see into the future and have a vision for something different or what could be. And I think that is also ambition, right? It's dreaming. It is, I mean, we're all entrepreneurs here. It is innovating. It is doing something that other people can't see and maybe they can't believe it until we do it, right? I think that's kind of, you know, that's the the life that all of us live um, as, as entrepreneurs and creators. So it means so much, right? I think yes. there's yeah. lots of ways to think about it. And for me, I think the key is it can mean anything. It means so much, but also you know, um, let's keep talking about it. Let's normalize that. Let's make it positive. Let's acknowledge that it is a double standard between men and women and how society applies it to us. Let's do that, as I said, sort of unlearning and relearning and uh, reframing. Like, let's just keep that going and let's do it for all of these words because that is how we, you know, that is in part how we uh, start to break down some of those, you know, systemic barriers. Absolutely. And I I love the idea of assigning it to other aspects of life, right? Like way outside of career. I think I love some of the examples in your book, you know, in your first book, for example, it's like, it's something happening in the building, you know, Mm -hmm. like let's build this community garden and and that type of stuff. And it's not just about, oh, I need to become an executive and that's my ambitious, aggressive move. Mm -hmm. I really love the idea of applying it to everyday life. I think another key way of understanding that is that you also have to allow yourself to fail. We need to be allowed to be on that journey and make mistakes and fail. And again, that's something, um, especially in the context of entrepreneurs and founders, that we just don't often allow that space for women as we do with with men. Just in your words, is it possible to dream too big? No, I don't think so. I think, um, what does that mean? Like, I'll, I'll ask you that question back. What does that mean to dream too big? I mean, I'm an entrepreneur and I always dream too big. I told someone yesterday that their their $3 billion business wasn't big enough um, because they should actually be trying to compete with Disney. Like that's so like, Great. I'm trying to instill it's those true. in people. It's true. <laughs> I'm constantly pushing myself, right? And I think that's also just important generally for sure in our space, but can it be bigger? Can it be better? You know, and that's just how I am as a person, but I'm constantly pushing, you know, my team and people around me to think, you know, great, we accomplished this thing. Like, okay, can we, can we do it better next time? Can we do it bigger next time? And that's how phenomenal grew, right? I could have said, okay, we, you know, had this kind of modest goal of, you know, raising money for women's organizations for one month. And at the end of that month, we far exceeded our goal. Great. Everybody give yourself a round of applause. Let's all go back to our regular lives. We (laughs) were ambitious. We achieved something. But instead I said, oh my God, we truly, we clearly tapped into something. Let's keep it going. How do we make it bigger? Right. You said something there that I really liked, which is that you have to take a moment to pause and and sort of reward yourself for the success you just had, because that is more motivation to keep going. And I think just looping back to the very beginning, I did this whole give it a week challenge and like accomplishing something in seven days and being like, wow, I just did that, gave me the fuel to go do the next thing. And and so Mm -hmm. I think what I've seen is like when people take that time to celebrate their tiny wins like you did when you did your first month, you know, 
that fuels you for the next. And, and I think the community around you hopefully needs to be there for that as well, because sometimes it's hard Absolutely. to do it all your, on your own. But on the flip side, and one of my our last questions is around around failure. What has been a time in your life where it wasn't easy to stay so ambitious or to keep going? Like, was there a point of failure that was really hard for you? I guess I'll speak to it more uh, it's sort of in terms of being an entrepreneur and, and um, with Phenomenal, I fail all the time. Like <laughs> we, you know, will maybe put out a product that like I'm really excited about and I think is really cool and people clearly don't like it and it's just not selling or, right? And that kind of, that really, as a creative, it's like, oh, you don't like my idea. <laughs> like, damn it, that hurts, you know? But I think in terms of how I look at failure, it's a learning opportunity and I get to be better after that. And, and, and oftentimes it's that I get to rework something, right? We talked about being better and iterating and innovating. And, and sometimes the thing I put out wasn't the best thing. And the fact that the audience is responding and giving me that feedback in that way, like I should listen to that and make it better and think about why that mm-hmm. is, right? And I just learned to like embrace that and really like love it in a nerdy way, which is like, all right, give me a challenge. Like, let me fail. Let me figure out why that happened and dissect that and get better next time. Right. Um, and I, I guess I, again, I hesitate to even say get better because sometimes I think it's about like pivoting or uh, making something different. And that moment of challenge or failure allowed you to see, you know, why maybe it wasn't the best idea to begin with. Or, I mean, you know, it happens in so many um, circumstances. Sometimes it's just, you know, like deadlines, right? Uh, Where we miss a deadline and I miss an opportunity. And I definitely sometimes in those moments feel like, oh my God, it's the end of the world and I'm so worked up. But I'm so much better now at like stepping back and saying, you know what? Like, first of all, maybe you didn't have control over that and you got to let go, right? But two, often in those moments where we've missed a deadline or we missed an opportunity, whatever intervening period of time before sort of the next thing happens, it ended up being that much better. And I, it's so important to the point of like celebrating your wins to also like, you know, really study that and like appreciate that process. Right. And to remind yourself like, Oh, aren't you glad that deadline got missed or something got dropped and you had this extra month? Like the thing Mm -hmm. that you're doing now is so much better. Like how awesome is that? Right. You thought it was this, huge failure and end of the world. And it's not, you know, so I know that's so corny. And we all say this all the time, like learn from your failures and failures are, you know, lessons and it, but it's so true. And I think it is about having the mindset of like, it's true. Right. It's a muscle. Yeah. It's a, it's like, if you, if you tear a muscle when it grows back, literally um, the fiber is stronger. And so the more you tear your muscles, (laughs) the stronger you're going to become. That's the whole point of actually strength training. (laughs) So, um, so Mina, thank you so much for being here with us today. What is the one piece of advice you would leave everyone with or the homework that they should take care of this week? I think the piece of advice is just life is long. I hope shows like this don't ever make people feel like they're not ambitious enough or they're, you know, that they're inadequate. I just want to remind people that like we're in a fucking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is, has been turned upside down. Things are not normal. You will have, I hope so much of your life to explore your passions. And if you're not doing it right now, keep it up. You know, if you're not doing it full time or have the opportunity to do that, keep it up um, on nights and weekends, stick with it and just like be kind to yourself and, and take it slow if you need to, you know, don't get, too hung up on sort of somebody else's journey or the way in which somebody else has done something. I think that's great to have that as, you know, to have role models and to seek inspiration uh, from others, but we're all on such different journeys. And 
you know, for me, I didn't really come into, I would say, what I think I frankly have known probably my whole life since I was very young, what was really my true passion. I didn't kind of figure that out and the whole thing didn't really click and the circumstances didn't actually come together and, and happen until I was, you know, in my 30s. And I tell myself this too, right? Like I think as, as ambitious people, you know, we want to move fast. We, you know, if you have an idea, you want to go after it right, right then and there. And I've also just learned the the power of, you know, slowing down and um, taking things slowly, building brick by brick, right? Like really um, embracing the process and the lessons and, and just knowing that like, I, I'm all I've, I've got and, and I'm the one that is, you know, driving this thing that is my life and I will figure it out. And, you know, and I just, I have to, I want to remind that to others, especially in, the, in this moment of, of crisis. And um, you know, there's so much around just like the pressures that we put on ourselves around productivity and success and all the other bullshit, you know, again, frankly, that I think weigh on, on women, um, much more and in, in different ways rather. Right. And in, in part, cause we don't have some of that institutional support, um, you know, as caretakers or all other roles that we play and other responsibilities we have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, it's like corny as it sounds, just like take care of yourself, be kind on that journey, celebrate your wins, um, and just, you know, go, 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 keep at it. That's a line from, that's a lot to end on a really corny note. That's a line from my, <laughs> my <laughs> girl, go, go, go. Don't let anybody uh, get in your way, but do it your way. I love that. Mina, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Everyone be sure to check out her new book. She just referenced it's called Ambitious Girl. And um, where can we find you if we want to learn more? Thank you. Yes. Instagram. I'm pretty active there at Mina. You mentioned uh, my book. You can get it at ambitiousgirlbook.com. If you want sort of more spicy political (laughs) commentary, I'm on Twitter at Mina Harris. I'm thankful for um, the community I have found there in, in various places, both, you know, political and other creatives and just other super talented people. So thank you, you know, for, for all of your support and for this opportunity. Love it. Amazing. Thank you, Mina. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit & Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit and Co. Special shout out to my co-host, Ange, who you can find on Instagram at Angelica Temple. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Christine Swar and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Aaron Kaufman. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time.